G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We want to talk about today some very Australian things to bring to light by way of church today. The idea of simple churches for a sunburnt country. Imagine a network of rural and remote churches like a series of campfires spreading across the nation. Red Dirt Church, reaching out into the Australian outback, and they are looking to expand into your community. Imagine a church planting initiative that's adaptable, that's asset light, that's informal and hospitality-based, and allowing for what comes with all of those attributes, allowing for rapid multiplication. Well, our special guest today is Warren Crank. He's founder and national director of Red Dirt Church. He was a Baptist pastor for 24 years before embracing the Red Dirt journey full-time. Warren brings broad pastoral experience with an entrepreneurial leadership edge. Warren Crank, I want to make a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you. It's great to be here and be a part of it. Warren, let me just reflect for a moment or two here because the reason we're having this conversation today is that we met just recently at a funeral. Uh, It was a funeral of a a relative of mine and you were conducting the funeral and uh, there was a brief, uh, nicely socially distanced get-together afterwards where we got to have a chat and came up in the conversation what you were doing with Red Dirt Church. I said, Warren, we've got to get you on the radio. Mm -hmm. And so here we are today. And I might say that the person who had died, and we were at their funeral, his name was Bob, uh, affectionately known to me as Uncle Bob, Bob Aitchison, and uh, and you knew Bob very well, and nothing, I'm sure, would thrill him more than knowing that an opportunity like this might eventuate at the wake at his own funeral to be able to talk about the things of God and to expand the ministry that you're in. Just give us a little insight here. I think that was like a divine meeting that day. Well, I was pastor at Ipswich Baptist Church for a long time, and Bob was one of the congregants there. And uh, he, even then when I knew him, uh, he would travel extensively uh, with Bill Newman Crusade and all sorts of things. So he really had a heart for the country and, and was often on the move. He had a ute, and he did a lot of Ks in that ute over the years. So I, I think Bob would be smiling down from heaven now, um, ha- having connected uh, us and uh, he, he would love the idea of not only Vision Radio's vision, but also Red Dirt Church's heart to reach you know vast swathes of the nation. And who knows what might eventuate so far as some level of partnership, and I know that's uh, being talked about behind the scenes, and let's hope for some good things there. Hey, when I was introducing our segment today, the idea of a network of campfires spreading across the nation, what a wonderful image that creates in our minds. For sure. And look, the Church of Jesus Christ is broad and there's already a lot of uh, campfire co- connectivity in the country. But in the end, um, the campfire image really evokes something special in the heart of Australians, I believe. Most of us like camping and if we don't, we 
perhaps have the brazier out in the backyard and enjoy just being around the fire. And there's something about a fire that tends to draw people together. And uh, that, that imagery of a campfire is, is pretty special uh, for Australians and for Red Dirt Church because I think that, you know, the gospel of Jesus and the love of his people um, does really draw people together. And so that's why we sort of love that imagery. You know, when I think of campfire, you know, you can think of your typical campfire and sitting around there, uh, you're boiling the billy. <laughs> Some people's image of the campfire is a, a really uh, fabulously burning bonfire. Yeah. Uh, others might be thinking, well, you know, the campfire when it's at full full speed uh, or or the, the campfire that's sort of, uh, you know, fizzling out, uh, getting to a point where, uh, you know, the fire's ceased and there's a few coals there needing a bit of a kindling. Mm-hmm. No matter what sort of image you've got, you've, you've got a wonderful message there to be able to bring when you talk about this campfire illustration. Well, I think so. And the Bible talks about fanning to flame things. And, and often, you know, the church in different places, particularly in rural and remote places, can be stretched and, um, and can need some encouragement. So that idea of of the Holy Spirit fanning to flame these campfires is really, really important. I think in the cities, we often have big bonfire gatherings as Jesus Church, but uh, in smaller places, a simple campfire is more than adequate to fulfill you know, God's heart for his church. I suspect there'd be people listening to us today in rural and remote communities who are thinking, I remember a day when we had a church, it was like that sort of campfire you're talking about, but somehow or other things... You know, personnel moved on, uh, things have died down. Love to see a rekindling of how that campfire looked. And uh, I want to invite listeners to join into our conversation today because that might be your experience and you're wondering, how can we get a great new model of what might work really well in our community? And this is what you've come up with. And I'm excited about your model. Give us a little idea of what this idea of simple church is all about, Warren. Well, I've led all sorts of churches, actually, and I believe that all churches have something important to be and to do. But the simple church space has been uh, really captivating for me in recent years, largely because I served in a large Baptist church in Townsville for eight years. And while I was there, um, it's sort of a city that's uh, remote, really. It's a big city, but it is remote from a lot of places. Um we looked across northern Australia, particularly at that point of time, and I began to see all these little towns all over the place that couldn't really sustain the typical church model, which often requires a, a trained minister and also some buildings and those sorts of things. So when we looked at the Aussie context, we realized that, you know what, um, that model's fantastic in a lot of places, but there are many, many places where something different is going to be needed. So the idea of Red Dead Church really is to scaffold people who might be earning their living as a farmer or they might be a pharmacist in a small town, something like that, to scaffold them so that they can start a simple faith community that is sustainable um, over a period of time. So we have some values that are really important to us. Um, One of them is that everything's very personal. Uh, We want people to really be connected to what's going on. And often the gatherings, the small campfire gatherings are, are intimate anyway. They need to be biblical, so there's lots of opportunity to open up the Bible today and to to get great input. And this is where Vision does such a stellar job, is to basically create excellent, trustworthy content for people so that their their spiritual life can be undergirded by the Bible and what the Bible teaches. But we also want each little Red Dirt Church to be able to 
transform the location that they're in, just in little ways sometimes, but to move in the, their world, in their little town or village or wherever, um, in a way that, that brings good and, and promotes good, wholesome things. And finally, sort of to have a missional stance. So often when we feel like we're small, we tend to sort of shrink and bunker down a little bit. Um, Red Dirt Church is really uh, postured outside so that we can see the world that Jesus wants to reach and by his good hand um, and his favor, we get to reach some people with the good news. You know, you switch on a few light bulbs when you start to share those sorts of things because I'm sure that the visionaries who were a part of what was happening in those early days of getting Vision Christian Radio into so many uh, rural, regional, remote, outback communities, uh, were thinking that somehow, rather, in some of those communities, Vision would be the alternative, uh, that when there isn't a church, there's going to be an opportunity for people to be connected to the Word of God. But as you reflect on those sorts of things, the idea of the application of a simple model, when you've got some level of good foundation that's going into community 24 hours a day, seven days a week to be able to then unite the people. And I've yeah. got to encourage listeners, this is what it's always been about, uh, vision supporting the work of local churches. Uh, you're talking about a way that you know people can utilize what they're hearing right now as they're listening to us, but to actually get that church model working. I think so. And I think the, the two prohibitive factors for people when they think, well, maybe I could lead a little simple church are what about the teaching content and the other one is what about pastoral care and so one of the things that we thought about as Red Dirt Church and that's why we're having a discussion with Vision really is to say well there is a lot of great content coming in this has been part of Vision's passion for a very long time but also um, there are a lot of um, counseling opportunities around the place through Zoom or Skype where if you come across a situation where you're out of your depth in terms of just caring for people, we can certainly link you up with people who are trained, godly people who understand the mission and the vision of Vision and Red Dirt Church and basically give you um, some relief from the tension of what am I going to do if there's a big issue. So there are a lot of great Christian counselors around who can sort of step in and support you in those more extreme pastoral situations. But other than that, most of us can do the simple pastoral care just by loving people. And interesting when you talk about this sort of thing, because sometimes we think of church, oh, it has to have someone who is a well-qualified leader, someone who's gone to Bible college and earned a degree and they've got the uh, the ascent of a particular denomination on them and uh, then they're set aside as the leader. But you're talking about a model where ordinary people who you do want to have with a good level of integrity and you want them to have some level of Christian understanding and some common sense to be applying God's word, but you don't actually have to have the biggest qualification to be able to be a leader of a red dirt church. That's true. And look, I've had a senior leadership role in one denomination and one of the struggles is getting people who are trained out into some of the more far-flung places. So, so yes, I believe in training. I think all those things are very, very good. But I believe that God's equipped people who may not even know it yet uh, with all the skill set they need to lead a simple church and they just need a little bit of confidence, a little bit a little bit of support, and um, and they can do it. You know, sometimes when churches are established, people will talk about the idea of the viability of the church. Can that church sustain a ongoing long-term leader 
And uh, your model, uh, it short circuits that a little bit because it says the viability is not so important. No doubt some level of viability is going to be, uh, you know, an issue. But uh, but you've actually taken that out of the equation in a huge way, Warren. Well, that's right. And when you look at the church that most of us know, it is reasonably expensive um, to, you know, pay a stipend for a minister and to support uh, the maintenance of a building and, and whatnot. With Red Dot Church, um, there are no stipends and there are no buildings. We simply meet in homes or community spaces. And the idea is that um, the giving that we still encourage people to give can go to things like vision or Bible distribution, a poverty alleviation, those sorts of things. So the generosity of Jesus Church in these little campfire churches all over the place still is important, but they don't go to the supporting, uh, the financing of of pastor salaries and buildings, but they can go to other great courses as well. So, yeah. And it's not just a home church gathering. It's not just a home group that, you know, someone's got something going in their home. Uh, There's a little bit of accountability in there because you're going to be wearing a hat like you're wearing today. It says Red Dirt. So Red Dirt Church, that's going to give some level of confidence that there's a foundation in what's happening there. It's not just someone meeting in a home, which doesn't have some level of accountability. That's true. Accountability is super important. And and basically with Red Dirt Church, while there aren't, you know, heaps and heaps of hoops that you need to jump through, there are some important ones. We obviously ChildSafe is is one of those. And we've partnered with ChildSafe Australia, who understand the ChildSafe requirements for each state. And uh, so we've partnered with them so that we make sure that everyone who is leading a, a Red Dirt Church um, is a person that can be trusted with children and vulnerable people but also that you have some references and we just get to know you a little bit to see that you've got the right sort of character. You don't have to have degrees in Bible ministry or anything like that, but you've got the right sort of character for this role. Okay, let's talk about this, the idea of uh, where you are at the moment because you're operating in Queensland, in New South Wales and in South Australia. Uh, today, you'd love to have some connection with people in other states and territories around the nation. Uh, give us an idea of what's actually happening for Red Dirt today. So basically, there have already been uh, 11 or so people have understood the mission and have taken up the call. We're just a baby movement, but we're getting going now. And they're running simple churches in um, mostly rural and remote places. So essentially, we are connecting via Zoom for some prayer. So we we make sure that there's some prayer support and there's that opportunity there. But we are basically facilitating simple church gatherings in the town that we live in or in the little community we might be a part of that are fitting for that group of people. So what we encourage um, people who lead Red Dirt Churches to do is to become a little bit of an expert in their town or their community so that their church can really meet the rhythms of that place, really meet the needs of that place. And so each Red Dirt Church person has the responsibility of trying to work it out as they go. And and I and others support them in the background to just give them a bit of encouragement and make sure there's someone they can pick up the phone and have a yarn to. So in these different places, there are different models um, and that we don't have one size fits all. Each Red Dirt Church actually looks quite different. The one based out of Adelaide, for example, has been Red Dirt on the road. So there are a couple of grey nomad people and they've been creating community with people that they meet as they do laps around the country. So there are all sorts of ways we can do it and all sorts of people that you can reach and we want to just help you and encourage you to do that. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 
on Vision Christian Radio. Our special guest this hour is Warren Crank. He's founder and national director of Red Dirt Church. And we've got this Facebook question running today. What is best, simple church or bells and whistles? And Warren, uh, I did say to listeners about uh, 45 minutes ago when I was introducing this, the idea of talking about bells and whistles is nothing to do with bells and smells. The idea of, you know, what you might have in a in a more liturgically inclined church service, but bells and whistles meaning all the extras you feel like you've got to have, like a light show and things like that, which aren't going to work in an outback small church. So uh, what are your thoughts for that question on Facebook? Well, I've led um, large church actually and, and probably all the way through. So um, I see the value in in every model and every expression. In fact, it takes all sorts of churches to reach all sorts of people. But you're completely correct. I think that there's a lot of um, scaffolding that you need to do if you're going to run a complex church. And uh, it's, it's more than just a, someone who preaches a word or something. It might be a, a band that you feel you need and all those sorts of things. So there is a lot of logistics in running um, a more complex church style. Simple Church strips all that back and um, makes it quite possible for people just to lead a simple gathering, which would involve nearly always some level of hospitality post-COVID. It would involve um, opening the Bibles together for a simple discussion Maybe having listened to something from Vision, you can talk about that. It might be whatever. Then there's that care time, prayer time, and just supporting one another in life and in faith. So so when you actually break the church down and think about, well, what could it be in its simplest form, which I would argue is what the early church basically was anyway, um, it, it's quite doable uh, for people, and you don't need all that other stuff, even though the other stuff can be great um, for different situations. Interesting when you say post-COVID, because when you're in big city centres right now, there's an awful lot more regulations that apply to you in a large church than if you are in a outback community where uh, there's no community transmission even being suggested, and you've got a lot more freedom to do a small church gathering than you would have if you were in the city. Yes, well, even with all the legislation and rules that have kept changing with COVID, um Red Dirt Churches and Simple Churches generally, I mean, there are a lot more people doing this than Red Dirt Church, but people have been very quick to be able to gather again and do these things because um, meeting the restrictions has been very achievable in simple small church gatherings. Let's talk simple church because when we say simple church, that's not just a throwaway line. You do have a little model that goes around what simple church looks like because it does adopt those biblical foundations that we expect from a biblical view of what church did in those uh, times of the first century. Uh, what is a simple church? Give us a Paint a picture for us, Warren. Well, I think that you know what I did from a... Bible study point of view is is just research the New Testament and try to gain a bit of a picture. I've also read other books as well, people speaking into this space, but to work out, well, what did most churches do back then? And there seems to be um, some themes that run through around hospitality and breaking bread together. There also seems to be um, obviously some care and support. So they shared their possessions and helped out where they could. They listened to the apostles' teaching. That might have been through a New Testament man manuscript or recalling what they heard an apostle say. 
Paul did a lot of tripping around, so so they heard direct messages from him as well as the letters that he wrote. So those gatherings appeared to be quite organic from that point of view. So the model really is about people. Let's get together. Let's share life. And, and there's nothing like sharing a meal together, a cup of coffee or something like that to get people to start talking. So we share a meal. We share life. We open up the Bible together, which is fantastic. But we also talk about, well, what's going on in our world, what's going on in our community, and how could we uh, be a part of um, making a change for good in the community that we live in, which is obviously what the New Testament church did because they had an impact wherever they went, and it was usually very positive in terms of the difference they made when they were living in little towns across the Roman Empire back in the day. So the model is really quite simple in terms of its prayerfulness, its personal ministry, its mission. And uh, hosting gatherings is really quite a simple thing. Interesting to hear you reflecting on what mission looks like in that small church, simple church gathering, because sometimes we talk about missional church and all of a sudden that becomes, oh, that sounds complicated. Mm. But what you're saying is being having an active conversation within those families that might be gathering for your simple church model that says, how do we make an effect on our community that's surrounding us? And that really is what that missional church idea primarily starts with. It's super important. And one of the downsides of people who've been trained and have lived in the city all their life and go out to the country is they really don't understand the culture very well. So having people who live in a certain place and who love a certain place community working out, well, what does mission best look like here? I think that's absolutely ideal. And often the best approach is already really understood by the people who are part of that simple church. They just need to talk about it and need to sort of crystallize their thinking so that they can act on on what might be best to reach people in that local place. And you're in an outback community and you've got a simple church model and some of those things are going to be, you know, wonderful ways to think about how the simple church works. But things like having communion, the Lord's Supper or uh, the idea of uh, baptism, those sorts of things are things you would encourage in the simple church model. Absolutely. And and we have a Red Dirt Church in central western Queensland and, and there are people from some mainline traditional backgrounds who come along. We We sort of make room for people who might have a different tradition. And so I know particularly in that situation that um, if there happens to be um, an Anglican priest come through or something like that, we certainly encourage uh, people who've got that background to connect with that priest and maybe receive um, what they feel they need from that particular person. But generally speaking, Red Dirt Churches do their own baptisms and, and share the Lord's Supper and those things together. Have you seen too many of those, uh, you know, uh, outback baptisms? Uh, can you describe what one of those might look like to it for us? Well, there's. Uh, I was interesting to listen to um, 2020 just recently talking about baptism and outback <laughs> yeah. places where there's yep. not much water and those sorts of things. But usually it's a dam and dams are pretty messy. So I imagine the Jordan River probably had a, had a bit of mud and sand as well. So, you know, in outback um Baptisms, they usually operate in those sort of muddy water holes, but doesn't matter. One of our favourite stories here uh, from the little Western Australian town of Mullen uh, in the Kimberley uh, had uh, had the idea of filling up a refrigerator yeah. <laughs> on its side 
and uh, and baptizing people in the refrigerator. Yeah. You know, so but the refrigerator had holes in it, so the hose was going in. <laughs> so yeah, those those sorts of uh, issues like that. I mean, that's probably super simple. Yeah. Uh, when you're talking simple church, you're not saying do things, uh, you know, in in shoddy ways. No. Uh, but you'd find a great way to have a baptism because yeah. you've come together and you've got all sorts of creativity creativity happening. Yeah. Uh, and someone's got some sort of a trough or something like that where you true. could use. Yes. And many rural towns have a, a local swimming pool too. Of course. So of course. there are those sorts of situations as well. Hey, a uh, few thoughts on what listeners are saying because we've got that poll that's going on our Facebook page today. Encourage you to vote on that poll at facebook.com forward slash vision radio asking the question today what is best simple church or bells and whistles and the poll at this present time uh, there's some 95% are saying simple and bells and whistles 5% Maz says depends on whether you have bells and whistles as long as they are preaching the truth and nothing but the truth and lifting up Jesus name well that's important because keeping the message front and center sometimes you could feel like that's being overpowered by the bells and whistles but the message is being front and center that's a key isn't it exactly right and and you know Jesus is present at those gatherings small though they may be and to honor the person Jesus and to open up his word is is Really, really critical. So I love that comment. I think that uh, Christ at center, whatever church you're a part of, is is absolutely what the church is to be. Similar thought from Sherl, who says, as long as the Bible is the center, it doesn't matter. A good pastor that's willing to put Bible teaching first is a good church. And uh, Sandra says, Christ-centered, sound Bible teaching, faithful praise and worship, and a supportive fellowship. Darren says... Nothing wrong with bells and whistles if the Lord is the one ringing the bells. Now, that's an interesting way to look at that. It's good. And I believe that's true. And, and again, when I talk about simple church, it's not simple church versus anything else. It's simple church complementing uh, all that Christ is doing and wants to do right across this wide brown land. Hey, Warren, before we take things any further, these days you're not officially under the uh, banner of the Baptist Church. So where does that place Red Dirt? So basically Red Dirt Church is non-denominational. and We think that that's handy, particularly in the bush where people do have often a heritage in some sort of denomination, but it's not anti-denominations. And that's really, really important distinction to make. So, so we are for all the movements that God has created. And, um, and so um but we are not aligned with any particular one. We're partnering up with different denominations here or there if they want to. And, um, and we want to work with other denominations. So, for example, recently um, I went out to Alice Springs to meet all the ministers that I could there to talk about Red Dirt Church because um, we want to be a friend and we want to also honor the people who've already been working long in some of these places. So... I'm not a Baptist pastor now basically because um, the Baptist movement in Australia is very state-oriented, and so God's calling me now to to sort of plant a national movement with a national footprint, something like Visions, and uh, and so it wasn't really the right fit. So there's no problem. I still absolutely champion the Baptist movement, but um, it wasn't going to be the right fit for the calling that God has for me moving forward. But I know that listeners will be inspired by the idea that a foundation for Red Dirt Church has a solid evangelical base, which comes from something of a Baptist background. But if someone's in a, 
a rural or remote community and they say, oh, we're leaning a little bit more Pentecostal, that's also part of something that you can embrace in a red dirt church. Oh, no doubt. In fact, we're very keen to um, be a broad movement. So we do actually already have people who are probably um, Pentecostal type people. We have people who've got a reformed background. We've got people trained in churches of Christ. So there is already... um, a variety of people's background and, and sort of theological heritage, I suppose. But what we're finding is because we're all oriented towards the mission and and to lead simple churches, uh, there's lots to celebrate and to champion each other in. We don't really worry about the differences. We just accentuate the positives. Okay. And and so far as, uh, you know, you're not so much denominationally aligned uh, because there's room for all sorts of different flavors under the banner of Red Dirt Church, but the integrity of the church that's being established is still important. You do have an application process that people work through so that you can have some level of uh, trust in the integrity of the group that's actually meeting. Well, that that's very, very important. In fact, it's interesting that Vision's mis- mission statement is to be a trusted, consistent, and unifying voice. And, and that idea of trustworthiness is very important for Red Dirt Church too, because um, Jesus Church is, is very important. I mean, it's never perfect, but we want to make sure that the type of people leading aren't superstars. You don't have to feel like you've got to be anything like that. But you are grounded enough to provide a solid base for a discipleship community wherever you might be. Hey, when we talk about uh, rural, remote communities, uh, you're not trying to leave out uh, those larger regional, even city communities, because there's room for red dirt churches even in the big cities. How does that work when you're doing a sort of simple church model and even fitting in under the umbrella of what other local churches might actually be doing? Well, basically, it's it's to complement what Jesus is doing in cities through uh, sometimes the bells and whistles churches, of course. Um, but basically, my experience, and I've been 25 years or so um, in, in a, a mainline denomination, is that most traditional churches or contemporary churches are really meeting the needs of middle Australia. So they're often in you know, reasonably well-off suburbs and those sorts of things. And they tend to reach average mums and dads and families, which is awesome because that's the majority of Australia. We celebrate that. But in the out in the fringes, there are heaps of subcultures that probably wouldn't resonate with um, the way that contemporary churches, the, the churches that most of us know of, would operate. And their way of being discipled and creating discipleship communities would be quite different. So Red Dirt Church is really designed to, again, scaffold people who might want to reach a skating community. We've had one start up in Ipswich recently around Park Run. So it's not called Red Dirt Church. You don't have to call it Red Dirt Church. Um, It's called Finish Line. And the idea is that uh, once the Park Run is done, then there's a simple community that meets um, around the theme of discipleship as we encourage people to follow Jesus. So there are all sorts of subcultures where you can actually plant the church as an insider. And this is really important for Red Dirt Church's methodology, that we don't really letterbox drop and, and invite people in that we perhaps aren't connected to whatsoever. The model more is, hey, I already know a whole lot of people. I'm already part of a footy community. I'm, I'm already part of a, um, a, a choir community or something like that. Uh, I'm going to 
plant a church as an insider to this group and and see what Jesus and the Holy Spirit might do as as his gospel permeates this group of people that I already love and I'm already a part of. Is there a sense in which red dirt churches could actually be a link between city churches and people who are in rural and remote and outback communities? Because sometimes there's a sense in which people who are in rural communities get forgotten mm-hmm. unless there's headlines about what's happening with you know dreadful things like drought or disaster or bushfire. Sometimes people in cities are not thinking about the bush. But there's a certain sense here in which people in the city could well connect with people in the bush via a red dirt model. I think that's uh, going to be the future. I believe that's exactly what um, Jesus has in mind for this little movement. We already have, for example, um, some bells and whistle type churches that support Red Dirt Church that actually give to its mission and understand that while they're called to a particular suburb, maybe to a region, um, that that there's many more people to reach way beyond that. So So they actually give to Red Dirt Church because they believe that Australia is unusual globally in that we actually have relatively speaking a small population but those that population is flung across a lot of very very small places one website says for example that there are 15,264 city suburbs towns villages and communities in Australia Mark McCrindle's research says that there are 13,000 churches so there's already a gap between uh, the number of churches we've got and the number of little towns and places that um, that Jesus still wants to reach. So it, it's important to understand the, understand the Aussie context is different that way, and we need models that are going to meet that need. Now, we did mention a little earlier the idea that when you've got an asset light, uh, hospitality-driven church, that there's something easily multipliable about that. And so if you've got something that works in one community, uh, when there's links and relationships to nearby communities, but maybe it's just a little bit just out of reach, but you could get another church happening in a nearby community. This sort of thing is already happening with red dirt churches. And look, we presume that's how the, the early church multiplied. I mean, it went in 300 years, it went boom right across the known world. And it was probably lounge room to lounge room to lounge room, by and large, that it happened. And so we have a Red Dirt Church in central western Queensland, and they've got some people that come in from about an hour and a bit away to join in with them. Well, there's talk at the moment about those people starting a Red Dirt Church in the town that they come from. And because they've seen it work, it revolves around a cup of tea, some afternoon tea in that particular case, simple Bible discussion and just praying and supporting one another, they, they think, well, we, we can do that. It's, it's doable in the town that we come from. So yes, the model is designed to be easily replicated such that um, you know, people can be confident that they can do it wherever they are. Hey, our Facebook question today asks, what is best, simple church or bells and whistles? Facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Scooter says, I've seen too many churches that have bells and whistles and the result is that people will flock to that church to be entertained rather than hearing the word being preached. The worship team became more focused on the performance than the worship and the service becomes a mini concert instead of a place to worship, fellowship and learn. Interesting comment from Scooter there. And uh, while uh, every church is different, 
and most churches are not going to be doing that. That is sometimes the perception that people have when there are extra bells and whistles. And and essentially, you probably do want to have some bells and whistles to make things comfortable for church. But what are your thoughts for someone like Scooter? Well, I've, I've led that sort of church, and I know lots of pastors who are leading large churches that might be described that way from the outside. But I actually know a lot of these men and women, and their heart is to actually counter all of those sort of critiques. Now, I understand where those critiques come from, but I, I know that every pastor of a large church that I know is actually working hard against those kind of stereotypes, I suppose. So I get what Scoot is saying, but um, but I think in those particular contexts, people are really wanting to make things as authentic as possible. I guess that the reality, however, is that most of those models still have stage audience now or stage congregation. And it's undeniable from a a dynamics point of view that as soon as you have stages and lights and then people in a darkened auditorium, you do set up a very different dynamic than what the simple church dynamic is. So so the idea of being an authentic community of faith, um, I think, is a little bit easier in the simple church space, even though I give great credit to people that are, that are leading more cons- complex churches. Warren, what is coronavirus doing to the way we think about church in Australia right now? Because when you said, uh, you know, if you've got one of these red dirt churches, uh, if you've got the leader who comes up against a problem too big to deal with and I need a little bit extra expertise here, well, you can simply set up a Zoom meeting and you've got someone who can deal with that and you don't even have to be there personally because you've got a wonderful opportunity to communicate. Coronavirus has changed the way we do church. Has it changed the way we do church in the outback in this sort of model? Well, there's already Church of the Air and people that are doing great work in this area. So I just want to underscore that Red Dirt Church is is not the only um, movement in this space. But I think that what we've seen is Zoom has gone, for example, I'll use Zoom for example, it's gone from a novelty to I'm so bored with Zoom. Uh, <laughs> people have, people are so used to it now. And I think that that is an advantage for us because um, some people are, are shut in and they find it hard to um, go to a contemporary church anyway or whatever. There are all sorts of reasons why we've understood now that even though There are downsides to Zoom for sure. It is a marvelous tool that can be used to help people feel like they're together. And I think a phone call is fantastic, but I don't know if your experience might be different, but I actually think seeing that person's face um, in the early days of the coronavirus crisis, I ran Smoko at 10 o'clock for any of my colleagues to get on board. And we all had our cup of coffee there. We, We could see each other drinking and we could chat that way. So I think those coronavirus has exposed us to a big opportunity and um, and I think that Red Dead Churches will also take advantage of that. And a good time to lock into that, which brings me back to the sort of person who might be the point person, the leader in a simple church uh, version of Red Dirt Church in a community, because uh, let's come back to that, because you know there might be some who might not have this level of confidence to say that I could be the leader. Uh, how do you think that typically works as the sort of person who might be uh, the eventual leader of something like this? Well, I think that if you have a, a skerrick of interest in it, it probably points to the fact that you have some sense of gifting and, and perhaps even a calling 
to it. So a lot of the people listening to this who are thinking, yeah, well, maybe um, that's probably a sign that you know, you're, you're the right sort of person to lead one. I guess when people are looking for a pastor to lead a more complex sort of church, they're looking for somebody who's a good preacher and he'll do pastoral care. I think for Simple Church, what we're looking for more is someone who is a gatherer and who can make people feel welcome and comfortable. Um, and again, in rural contexts, that looks different to perhaps what it looks like in a city. Coffee shop culture in the city is absolutely huge. Well, in rural and remote places, it's more, you know, you brew the billy or whatever, and you have something instant, which is horrifying to a lot of people in the city. But again, what hospitality looks like is different in different places. And someone who's just got that ability to create a, a simple meal, a sandwich, cup of coffee, and just invite someone to relax and share, that is the ideal sort of person for a red dirt church. Hospitality is absolutely key to the whole thing. But then to also be able to um, invite people into a spiritual conversation. Now, this is something you can be coached in if you're not used to it. Um, there are all sorts of helpful ways to learn how to do that better. But I think once that cup of coffee is on and once we're eating together, um, most things quite naturally happen. And this is where vision can come in as an option for you if you're in such a context because you, you could encourage people to listen to something and you could discuss what you heard when you get together. So, uh, But that, that gift of making pe people feel welcome, super important. Well, you know, there's the hospitality and there's the way you might conduct a Bible study or a discussion. And for some people, they'll say, well, that'll take a couple. Sometimes out of a couple, someone's great hospitality minded. Someone else is a little bit sort of more reflective and great to lead a discussion. What do we do about some of these other uh, more complex uh, issues like, you know, we talked about baptism and who does the baptism. Well, I imagine that someone, anyone there can really do the baptism as long as they've got a, you know, a serious idea about what they're doing with it. Uh, baby dedications or christenings that sometimes might need uh, someone who is, uh, you know, across those sorts of things. Then it comes to the other really scary thing. What happens if I've got to run a funeral? Yeah. Uh, how do you deal with those sorts of things? Well, we've had um, one Red Dirt ch Church leader run a couple of them so far, and that's something that I can qu quite easily coach you in. Um, you don't need to be a clergy person to um, conduct a funeral. Basically, anyone can. And often if you're a Red Dirt ch Church person or a Christian person in, in a community, you might automatically be looked to as someone who might be able to lead such an important moment in the life of a community because, let's face it, a lot of these places are small and any loss is is really felt by, by the whole town uh, very often. So it's a sensitive place, space. It's not an easy thing to do, but actually you can do it. And I think I would argue that having someone the people know leading a funeral is more important than having someone who might be an expert that's brought in from somewhere else. And Neil and I met most recently at Bob's funeral. And the reason I was there is because he knew me and he wanted me to lead that. And there's something about that relationship that, that is really powerful, actually. So I've got some material that can um, help people uh, go through uh, simple 
funeral service for someone and it's not an easy thing to do if you've never done it before but it is doable and we just trust that god gives you what you need uh to be able to serve um in such a a sacred moment as that well the other complicated one might be a wedding and uh, there are some complications around uh, getting married. Uh, you know, oftentimes that can uh, happen at a registry office. Uh, but, you know, as Christians, we tend to want that to happen with someone who's a qualified uh, person who's, you know, certified to be able to perform a wedding. Uh, that's the sort of thing I imagine that there could be a network of people who could be traveling. How do you work a wedding? Well, that's exactly right. Um, well, basically, we you've uh, nailed it, Neil. Um, we do actually encourage people to think about the Christian ceremony as something separate from the registry side of it. So I've been um, uh, a wedding facilitator for a long time, and um, I'm trained in that. I, I know how to fill out the forms, and I work on behalf of the government, really, in the form filling out, but I work um, on behalf of Jesus in the, the ceremony itself. So it's quite possible and quite natural, actually, for someone to have the official state side of their their matrimony dealt with at a registry office of some sort, and to have a simple Christian ceremony. And I believe we're actually going to see more and more of those. But there are people um, that uh, are around and about who can have a roving commission to conduct weddings. I know many of them. And, um, and if that's very important, we'll do whatever we can to help sort that. Uh, for people who might really want that. We're a little short of time, but I'd love to explore the idea of doing a Zoom wedding here, but uh, that I'm sure it's possible. <laughs> it's probably possible, but let's not get into sort of murky waters uh, with uh, with regard to uh, uh, Zoom ministers and, uh, you know, okay, let's all face the television now while we see the face of Warren Crank uh, leading a wedding ceremony. Let's hope we can keep it nice and personal and get those sorts of things happening. But, hey, What's encouraging is it's all doable and you can incorporate that under a simple church umbrella of these are the things you do for church and it could happen in your outback community. Now, you're already at work in a number of places. Give us a a little insight. Some of the towns, some of the communities where Red Dirt Church is already happening and and then I'll give that website for listeners to Mm. connect with you today. So a sample is Curra, for example, which is um, about 30 minutes north of Gympie in in Queensland. Um, it's just a very small town, but we've got a wonderful couple who are leading a red dirt church there. Singleton in New South Wales, we've had a couple based there. They actually moved there, sensing God's call. Uh, and so we've, we've had someone operating in Singleton for a while. Um, I've already mentioned Red Dead on the Road, which has been based out of Adelaide, but sort of trying to meet the community and spiritual needs of grey nomads. We've got one here in Capera, which is a, a suburb of Brisbane, which is the city that I live in. And um, and that's meeting the needs of uh, people that they work with and neighbours and those sorts of things. So they're just a sample of of where Red Churches are at the moment. Well, an opportunity to connect with Warren today because I do want to give the Red Dirt Church website because if you are in a community and you think, wow, that sounds like a model that might work for us, and you might not sign up to the model, but you might want to get some more detail. You might want to talk to Warren personally. There might be someone from Red Dirt Church who could be in your area, and you can sit down and talk with them seriously about how that model might work for you. So we're talking about a simple church model. And let me give the website reddirtchurch.org. Sort of easy to spell, isn't it? So yes. Red Dirt 
Church.org. Uh, check out the website and see how that model is working and make some contact there. You'll be able to send an email and connect with Warren Crank, who's the founder and national director of Red Dirt Church. And so you are into an expansion mode, Warren. You do want to connect with people, and that's the simplest way to do it, via yes, the website. Absolutely. So reddirtchurch.org. Uh, let me just finish the poll that we've had running. Simple Church, 94% of people are saying that uh, Simple Church is best. Bells and Whistles Church, 6% are saying Bells and Whistles. And of course, uh, you know, we're not against Bells and Whistles in a conversation like this. If you can do things in a little more sophisticated way, that's great. But that's not going to work in every community that we're talking about in outback, regional, remote Australia. Uh, Warren Crank, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Vision. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.